This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. On today's show, we'll speak with Andrea Patterson about the Women in Sports Day celebration at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame that takes place tomorrow. And we also have an interview with Seth Gaines. He's the executive director of the Oxford Parks Commission. And uh, we'll hear about what they have going on and what they're offering to uh, citizens throughout the parks and different uh, uh, activities and events in Oxford. But first, we've invited onto the show Brian Ware, swim coach for many age groups and teams in the central Mississippi area with Mississippi Makos. Uh, thanks for speaking with us, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. It's good to be here. So springtime is, um, well, is there, a, is there a swimming season per se? Well, in competitive swimming, there's two seasons, but it's pretty much year round. Yeah. Um, we just finished up, finishing up our short course season, which is 25 yard course. Mm-hmm. So is there, is there, is it outdoor? Is there indoor? Is it all indoor? Am I making up a question right here? <laughs> no, it's mainly indoor. Mm-hmm. Um, we just came off of our state meet uh, that was an indoor facility in Biloxi, which is a really nice facility. They have a 50-meter yeah. pool down there, Olympic size. Um, and then some big championship meets are coming up with uh, sectional-type meets, uh, junior national meets. Um in March, so over the next couple of weeks, and that'll pretty much wrap up our short course season. It's kind of like the colleges right now are just had their conference meets and they'll have their national championships pretty much the same weekends in, in March. And the big college program in Mississippi is Delta State, right? That is and they correct. just held some some nationals. They up just there? had their conference meet, conference uh, championship. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, and I believe they're boys won and the girls got third in the conference but uh their their major focus is the championships to try yeah. to get in that top five in the, but they're are they the the university that's put the most thought uh, and kind of investment into the yes, sport so far in yes, Mississippi? they have they've got one of the nicest facilities in the state actually one of the nicest facilities in the southeast uh if you were to walk into their natatorium it's it rivals a lot of uh Big time SEC schools, how about and, that? Uh, Division one schools, so it's a great uh, natatorium. We'll actually have our state championships this summer there, uh, and it's a great facility, super fast, deep. Uh, so um, it's a great place for competition. So, uh, if you will, uh, just getting back way up to the surface here, remind our listeners, other than as a competitive sport, why is swimming a, a good exercise or, or technique sport to take up? Well, it's a, it's a great uh, lifelong sport for anybody. I mean, you start off with swim lessons when they're young, and I highly encourage everyone to take swim lessons, whether they're going to do swimming as a sport or not, because we have so much water in our state. And just for our safety, for your especially your right now, and everything <laughs> right now with <laughs> coming around and <laughs> kids are starting to get a little more active and heading out in the backyards by themselves and around lakes and, and areas so um you know you, you want to start off with that but as far as that, the average person or anybody else like that i mean swimming works your whole body it you know increase you can increase your heart rate without putting a whole lot of stress on your body it's great cardiovascular workout uh can help lower blood pressure can help lower um, blood sugar it's just low impact and it really helps a lot with flexibility uh normally if you get injuries most of your 
uh, rehab places are going to tell you to get in the water uh, because of the resistance. Dr. Rick DeShazo, who hosts our, our Wednesday Southern Remedy program, as much as anything that he will recommend, and he takes dozens of calls about everything that could be wrong with a person, mm-hmm. um, you know, physically or anything like that. Um, health-wise, he recommends you know warm water physical therapy exactly. m- as much as he talks about any drug or <laughs> anything else that he could prescribe to somebody. Yeah, I mean, at our pool, we have uh, some elderly uh, people that are out there working on, you know, it helps with their joints. It helps with all injuries. And the resistance that you can get with that low impact, it's way better than going in a weight room or even walking on a treadmill or walking down the road. It's just there's that low impact. Yeah. And, um, like I said, yeah, I've seen people come in there with knee surgeries and so forth, and they recover so much faster just because of their work in the water. Speaking with Brian Ware, swim coach for uh, many different age groups and teams in the central Mississippi area. And uh, for competitive swimming, let me ask first, um, and it, this is it's interesting how this is different for different sports, but how does, how does the competitive team swimming atmosphere how does that mesh or kind of play hand in hand with like the the school sport swimming right like like high school high school swimming teams and things like that how do those seasons and teams kind of intertwine a lot of their high school season is early in the fall Mm -hmm. and starts right when school is starting up and um I believe the state meet for that is in November. So it's it's really about three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the kids that do high school get on a year-round program just so that they can they can compete with a lot of folks that do, do year-round. Now, there are some people that swim summer league uh, that just only do that. And um, so it's perfect for them that they're swimming all summer, and then that season starts up uh, right as school starting up. And so there's not a big break. But it's just like every other sport. It's becoming where you have to train year-round if yeah. you want to compete in anything. Uh, but summer league's great. It's a great entry part. But competitive swimming and high school swimming, actually, they've helped each other a lot. Uh, high school swimming is great for um, – it's kept a lot of our older swimmers in the sport. Yeah. You know, because some of them start getting ninth, tenth grade, and they're like, well, am I going to get a scholarship in this? And then they – you know, and a lot of them stick with it because they love the sport. But high school swimming – has really helped give them that extra boost that um, makes them want to stick with it. Uh, they get, you know, they're representing their school. Yeah. Um, you know, it's another sport. Not everybody can play football, basketball, or whatever, and it's a great place to uh, showcase their talents. I mean, a lot of those swimmers are some of the hardest-working people that you'll see. Some of them, uh, competitive swimmers, are in the water 20 to 25 hours a week Yeah. before and after school. Um, so, um, you know, it teaches a lot of life lessons that, that – go on to help great make great citizens later on i mean you you've got goal setting you've got time management uh you learn how to work along with others uh swimming is not just a individual sport it's a, a team sport and uh, uh so it's it's uh it's great for when they get older too i what, mean what is uh is there or what is the best age to start with your child and compete and competitive swimming right um like going back to swim lessons, get them so that they're safe in the water. And then some of them start five, six years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have low uh, meets that have different age groups and that. But, you know, um, I always tell mine, if they're 12 and under, it's a, ga- it's a great complimentary sport. 
mm-hmm. go to, go play soccer, go play baseball. It's uh, you know it's great cross training for a lot of those things. If some of my soccer coaches come tell me it's great that they swim because they can run laps around everybody yeah. else on the field. So, um, but. At about age 13, they have to kind of decide how serious they want to get into it. Yeah. And um, and I really push that on my program just because uh, we want swimmers that are great when they're getting into 18, 19, and into college. And um, you don't want to burn them out young. And so uh, to answer your question, it's great to, you know, any age, any age they can get in there and uh, start. But I just say don't get over – zealous on it you know sure you can practice once a week or twice a week and learn the skills and as your body develops when you get to be a teenager and, and grow and grow a lot of things change and uh, that's when you see those great athletes start popping out what are for you know for being uh, you know a championship level swimmer an olympic level swimmer mm-hmm. something like that I know with every different sport, there's this the prototypical body type. Not mm. saying that people who don't have that can't succeed, but right. you know, um, you know, like the 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 perfect quarterback is like a six five two twenty five guy who could see over the line and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Right. But um, and I'm guessing it's something like Michael Phelps. I hear how he's a, like a robot. Yeah. Uh, what 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 are you looking for as a coach in in a in a prospect, so to speak? Well, I mean, perfect body type is, and we all wish we had a perfect body type, but thank <laughs> goodness that there's uh, Drew Brees out there and things like that. Yeah, so that's a great exception. Yeah. So um, perfect body type is long arms, mm-hmm. um, broad shoulders, um, and they nor- normally have that V-shape and um, long limbs. But the the tricky part with that is as they're growing up, if you have longer arms, you tend to you're trying to pull the water it's actually harder for you because you have such a bigger paddle that you're pulling with yeah so then they they're kind of those average swimmers as they're growing up and then you try to keep them in the sport because you can see the potential where mom and dad are like what they're middle of the pack they're never going to be anything great but you're always telling them keep an eye watch when they start to grow the problem is they have to get big enough muscles to pull those big paddles yeah so as they're younger they're actually going to be slower and they're actually a little harder to uh, keep up with and then as they grow yeah. and get the muscles to pull those big long arms through the water those are the ones that you see excel like within a year all of a sudden you they go from just average to all of a sudden you're like talking olympic trials and things and so um wow. it's pretty interesting to watch those develop so right. where, where what is where is mississippi's talent level i i guess you talked about the olympic trials and and, and things like that uh, I mean, do we have regularly in Mississippi athletes who are up at that level? Are we developing to, to the sport competitively where we are getting closer to that level? How's that? How's that? Working? I feel like we are getting closer. Uh, you know, we we were in a period there in the 80s where we had some world champions and, and things like that. And it's just, a, uh, you know, it kind of goes up and down. Um, right now, we have some great young swimmers that I could see, not just from my team, from other teams throughout the state that uh, really have that potential potential to get up there um so yeah i think we're getting closer i mean we have uh quite a few people coming up the problem is a lot of our older swimmers have to go off to college we have you know several that want to swim division one and they'll have to go out of state and uh go Mm. to those we you know there's one that's currently at texas there's one currently at alabama there's uh, a lot of those um that are 
that are right there. Um, but, um, I mean, that next crop is, that is coming up. There are some really strong 13, 14 girls, 11, 12 boys. I think we had the fastest uh, 11, 12 boy in the 50 freestyle long course last last year in yeah. the nation. So, wow. uh but he's only 11, so you've got to be fat. No 11-year-olds win Olympic medals, so, uh, you know, you got to try to keep <laughs> not them in swimming anyway. That's right, and <laughs> not in swimming, exactly. So you got to keep them involved and keep them engaged, and you got to keep them near the top or they kind of get a little uh, worried. Gotcha. So. Tell us about uh, the Makos team. Um, it's a team that uh, I formed in 1991. Uh, I just felt like it was something that could help grow this the sport in in jackson area uh we went from six swimmers uh we're up to about 250 right now wow um all range ages from five years up to uh 18 um we try to get them on off into the colleges after that but um you know we just won state championship uh last long course and this short course so uh you know we, we've kind of fluctuated up and down but we feel like we're in a good area right now yeah uh, we practice at university wellness center the old courthouse on lakeland drive so we do have 50 meter pool there um we have some great fun practices um right now and um you know we've we compete here locally. We also compete at a lot of these sectional meets and these national meets. So um, it's a great opportunity. I enjoy my job. I don't have to uh, say I keep doing it because I'm not really working. Yeah. I enjoy what I'm doing, and it's a lot of fun. That's good. So, yeah. um, we have a lot of great kids. It takes a lot of parents to help keep it going, organized, Absolutely. and so forth. So it's uh If folks want to get involved with Makos or, or find more information, how do they do so? Uh, our website is uh, org. Um, there's other programs around the state also. I encourage them to go on MSSWIM. Dot org, so you can find out other teams that across the state. There's 14 other teams in Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, so if they're not in the Jackson area, a lot of them can look at uh, that. They can go so also go on usaswimming.org. You can type in your zip code, and they'll tell you the closest uh, clubs near you. Very so. cool. Very cool. Brian, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Brian Ware, uh, Mississippi Mako's swim team, talking about swimming and uh, the, the culture of the sport growing here in the state of Mississippi. All right, we will take a timeout here. And uh, when we come back, Andrea Patterson, Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, women in sports. Uh, event coming up at the museum tomorrow. We'll talk with her about that after this timeout. This is MPB's Season Pass on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
Welcome back. You're listening to MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Appreciate you listening. If you uh, would uh, like to listen to the show when it's not 10 o'clock on Thursday morning, uh, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. And uh, you can also listen to past shows there uh, when you subscribe to our podcast. Also, you can listen to audio on demand of any of our episodes online at mpbonline.org slash season pass. On the show with us now, Andrea Patterson, Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Good morning, and thanks morning. for coming in. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we have a Women's History Month, and tomorrow the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame is hosting a Women in Sports event. Tell us about what will be going on at the museum. Sure. Well, this annual event is a really neat opportunity for young female athletes to come to the museum and have a field trip here at the museum um, that is geared just for them. So it's a girls-only day, and we bring in a speaker to talk with the girls, and then they get to see the museum. And then Blue Cross and Blue Blue Shield of Mississippi is a sponsor of this event, and they also will set up an opportunity for the students to go through a station with them where they'll learn about some sports-related healthy eating and healthy habits that they can do. And there's a speaker uh, for the event? Tomorrow's speaker is Coach Anna Jackson. She won nine state championships with Murrah basketball. Uh, Liz was just pumping her arms up and down. I think she... Liz has some Murrah offspring, right? Yes, okay. All right. Uh, also, um, uh, Rita B., who used to work here and now is famed comedian, played basketball in Murrah for Anna Jackson. How about that? That's um, great. So... Um, Give us just what are some of the sports that there are that that there are women Hall of Famers here in Mississippi? Sure. Well, some of the biggest success stories. One of the biggest success stories is the Gillum sisters. The That's in right. basketball. I mean, they are just. It's incredible to see their story, and we uh, actually have awards on Monday that's named after Peggy Gillum, yeah. and we have exhibits in our Olympic room for them when they went to the Olympics. So that's a great success story. And Peggy has been a part of our Women in Sports Day before. Yeah, and that's uh, you have the as you mentioned the uh, the Howell and Gillum Trophy that's coming up uh, next Monday, and that's uh, that's been going on for a long time now, and it's uh, you know one of the great awards at the hall uh, uh, presents what all is uh, what all is the event encompass encompass this year so the ceasefire howell and ceasefire gillum awards are presented on monday they're a part of the ceasefire outstanding player award series mm-hmm. that includes the Connerly trophy and the ferris trophy so those are presented to the most outstanding college football basketball and baseball players mm-hmm. so this monday will be for men's and women's basketball and we have mo williams coming to be our speaker for the yeah. event for the lunch and then the nom- the finalists will be there five of the six finalists will be there and those five of six finalists for the first time ever are all from one university they're all from Mississippi State University yeah it's been uh, at least at the division one level it's been a struggle for most everybody this year but Mississippi State has been really good especially their women's team yes uh, and I would imagine that uh, this would be a perfect opportunity to to have some of their coaches or players but they're still they haven't lost yet so they, they still have work to do so an uh, interesting story um, Victoria Vivians is now set up to be she's a finalist so she could potentially win the award for the fourth straight year yeah. which is I mean there's nothing no precedent for that at all and she actually was involved in our women in sports day when she was a senior in high school but yeah. at Scott Central she came to our women in sports day and 
and she was one of the biggest celebrities to those girls. They wanted pictures with her. They wanted autographs. We had all different athletes there, but Victoria Vivians was the one they wanted to see. She is an, she's a really great role model for women in sports and for our state. Absolutely. Um, um, let's see, where was I going to go here? So you are the marketing director Correct. for the hall. What all goes into that and what all of the, the, the objectives that you're working on to, uh, to, to you know, further the cause of the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame? Sure. Well, when I, when I typically get this question, I like to remind people that we are so much more than just a museum and we're more than just a Hall of Fame. So we do open our doors six days a week for guests to come in and to enjoy the museum. We also do fundraisers year-round like the CSP our outstanding awards and like our summer 5k with the Farm Bureau watermelon classic yeah. and so a lot of a lot of what I do is work with those events to make sure that we are continuing to promote the the foundation as a whole and raise money as a nonprofit as well as promote the sports history that we have in the state so it's a it's a wide-ranging job everything from working with field trips and schools and students to like I said, a 5K in the summer. You never know what we're going to be working yeah. on. Bill Blackwell is uh, the executive director of the Hall. Uh, what What is his job in cops? Now he's. I mean, when you ask him about it, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna humble pie you to death, and, yes. and you know. And that, but but what does what does his job encompass? I would talk to Rick Cleveland when he was the executive director about this, and he would his answer would basically, "I'm running like a chicken with my head cut off nonstop." What all does What all is he doing on a day to day basis? There are so many things that he he works on so he is basically over everything that happens in through our doors and he whether it's maintenance of the museum that he has to make decisions on or it's helping find sponsors and keep you know continue sponsorship partners he works with that he um, he helps with the, all the all the events I mean there are so many things that he does as well as communicate with press or media yeah. about all of the the finalists and the awards he also uh, puts on our golf Golf tournament, which is coming up in April, we have a big celebrity golf tournament where teams get to play with Hall of Famers, and he runs that golf tournament. So there is no shortage of things that he works on, and he wouldn't say it, but yes, this morning he said, "Yesterday, I worked on four different events in one day that we have coming up." So yeah. it's it's definitely an exciting, busy, busy place. All right, so uh, the the C Spire Awards uh, fans can vote; they're a part of the vote in this. How do they yes. get involved? So there's a website. It's if you say it out, it looks like C SOPA voting. That's <laughs> C S O P A voting dot com. And they can cast up to three times a day a vote for their who they believe should win the Howell and three times for the Gillum. And that counts for ten percent of the final vote. And that voting does run through the weekend, so you can still get out there and, and vote for your favorite. And we'll have that link on our our, our uh, page for this episode on our website mpbonline.org. dot uh, org. What's your What's your favorite part of the museum? What's your favorite exhibit or or piece of history? My favorite exhibit is the Sports Illustrated Wall of Fame. So when you walk yeah. down the hallway, you see the Sports Illustrated covers from the nineteen fifties and sixties all the way up to Dak Prescott on the cover last football season. So anytime a Mississippi athlete or team is featured on the national cover, we showcase it in the museum and you it's just incredible the history that you can see through those magazine covers and Liz Gill said not a curse 
No, not for, not, not for most of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Except uh, for maybe that hand in the Heisman one for Steve oh, McNair. Oh, yeah. Well, that was ridiculous. He should have <laughs> won that. But um, all right. So uh, for me, I think it is um, there's a bunch of different stuff, but there is an actual um, uh, National League MVP uh, trophy. Uh, that uh, Dizzy Dean won, if I'm not mistaken, that that resides in the hall, and that is awesome. And I didn't even know about that. It's upstairs, yes, uh, upstairs level, which I don't think the first couple of times I, that I had been to the museum that I even went up there. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is a MVP trophy right here I'm standing next mm-hmm. to, uh, which was really, really <laughs> yeah. cool. A the lot other, of people don't realize that we have the largest collection of Dizzy Dean memorabilia yeah. ever. It's yeah. really neat. The other for me is, um, and for folks who don't live in the Jackson area, which is most everybody, um, um, bear with me for a second. Uh, the... Jackson Mets and Generals were a double-A baseball team that played in Jackson at Smithville Stadium, which is across the parking lot from the hall. And they have the five Texas League championship banners, huge banners that hung in the stadium um, when they played there. And I, I spent more hours of my childhood than I care to admit in that stadium watching that team play. Or Actually, my parents watched them and I played. But those are hanging up in the far corner of the museum. And that is cool. I, every, t- every single time I take a picture of that, I don't know why I took a picture of it the first time, but I still take a picture of it every single time I go in there. And that's that's something cool to me. But I think regardless of where you are from in Mississippi, and this is what's the cool, the cool thing about the museum, regardless of where you are from in Mississippi, you can walk up into that museum and find something that you can personally identify with that reminds you of a time or a memory or something like that in, in that museum. Do you find that that's what people, people say when they visit? Yes. And I, especially the people that visit that are from out of the state, continually say, I had no idea yeah. these people, this many people came from Mississippi and went on to win Olympic gold medals or Super Bowl MVPs yeah. or Final Four appearances. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time. And again, for folks who uh, maybe want to come out to, to the museum tomorrow for the Women in Sport event, how do they do that? Yes. Yeah, so the best part about tomorrow's event is it is absolutely free. Thanks to the sponsorship and partnership of Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi, these students are able to come at no charge and we, so we open the doors to the museum and welcome anyone who'd like to come to the event tomorrow and then anyone who would like to come to the ceasefire howl mm-hmm. and Gillum awards on monday can purchase those tickets on our website all right and the website is msfame.com no tickets at the door right no tickets at the door have to buy in advance yes. okay cool andrea patterson mississippi sports hall of fame thank you so much for coming on this morning thank you jay thanks for having me all right that sounds like a good time and i need to go back and take more pictures of those championship banners for some reason all right when we come back we will take uh, we'll talk with seth gaines he's the executive director of the oxford parks commission and we'll learn all about uh, what oxford is offering to its citizens there at the parks that will happen after we come back from this time out with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thanks for tuning in to MPB's Season Pass. I'm Liz Gill here with Jay White, and we'd like to welcome to the show Seth Gaines, Executive Director for the Oxford Parks Commission. Welcome to the show. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I have been looking forward to speaking with you. Well, we're glad to have you. And y'all, you know, looking at your website and your Facebook page, there are senior events, there are classes, leagues, trips, a community garden and parks, and I saw that you just had at a pickleball tournament. We did. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I bet uh, lots of people who will be listening to this or who are listening to us, they're going to be saying, what is pickleball? You know, what, <laughs> what is it? And, and um, you, you know, it, it's, a, it's a game for anybody can play, but we, we mainly focus it on senior programming. Um, and really, if you want to look at it, it's a big ping pong table or it's a little game of tennis. It's, it's kind of that in between. You play with a wooden paddle or, or you know, a, a plastic paddle and, and, and some people have aluminum stuff, but it's, you play with something that everybody everybody would recognize a wiffle ball and that's essentially what you're playing with you know it's it's really exciting you know it's a growing sport we have uh three different classes a week or, or at times a week where we set up pickleball nets in our indoor activity center and and uh you know we're we're loaded those three days from the community coming out and and playing it well we had some pickleball ambassadors on mpb season pass i think it was probably last july so if okay. anyone listening wants to to go back to listen to that show, they can find it on our website, mpbonline.org. Now, uh, Seth, who who makes use of some of your offerings? Do you have to have an Oxford address to sign up for some of the events? No, uh, absolutely not. Not our free classes and stuff. They're open to anybody. Um, you know, we're, we're some of our classes are. You know, we're we're so full with some of them, but we still take and try to. Uh, try to take anybody that wants to come, you know, and especially our free fitness classes and things that we have used. I know the name of one, you know, the Dancing with a Twist, which is, you know, a little dance class for seniors. We have line dancing for anybody. So, well, there, you do not have to have, because we're not going to check a ID or anything walking in, just like we start our senior program at 40 years old, too. You know, 40-year-old <laughs> is not a senior, but, you know, we're not going to check somebody's ID at the door either. So, you know, if you want to come out get involved we encourage you to do that you know you know like you said you've 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 tossed around our website and and our uh, facebook page and uh, we we try to keep it as updated as, as we can we have somebody whose duty is to do that so they should be able to find anything they want you did mention the the senior events what all do you have going on for the seniors and is there a separate senior center in oxford or has the town kind of consolidated that well, there's no separate senior center. We have an activity center here that's about 30,000 square feet. Um, and, you know, we use our 
big court is a multi-purpose court. Um, however, to give somebody an idea of the size, it's two full-size basketball courts. Um, we've got two or three meeting rooms around the back. A gymnastics facility um, is included. It's a big metal building. Okay, that's that's really what it is, and we use that for all of the all of our you know. Uh, programs, whether it's seniors or, or, you know, youth basketball, youth gymnastics. Um, but some of the offerings that, that we're really proud of that we can do for, for seniors is, you know, things as simple as canasta or dominoes or um, uh, dancing with a twist, line dancing, exercise classes. In the summer, we do free um, aquatic therapy um, that we allow them come down to the pool, or I say we allow. We, we offer a class at the pool um, to do that. Um, tai Chi, yoga, um, you, know, you know, off the top of my head here, I, I can't think of a whole bunch, but that's, that's, uh, there, there's always classes going on. Well, and I also saw separate from the seniors, you had a, a class learning how to fish. I'm sure there's some people who are uh, 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 mature who might have missed out on that, but then also some for kids. What tell us about that class? Yeah, absolutely. So this is you know, you know, growing up when people start talking about parks and rec- parks and recreation and stuff, the first thing they really think about is you know the 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 traditional thing that you think of, of parks. So you start thinking of baseball, softball, soccer, but, you know, it's really recreation, and everybody is not a ball player. You know, some people just, just love the outdoors and want to do, and, and we actually, um, we absolutely want to encourage any type of outdoor recreation and indoor recreation or ball fields and stuff. But, you know, with our outdoor program, it's not just fishing. We do a fishing, we do canoeing, we do hiking. Um, but anybody who wants to get involved, we bring them in. And you know, I think that's a I think that's a five dollar class, ten dollar class, and you know we cover some expenses with that. But it's it's to go out and you know we'll take you out on a fishing. We'll meet you at a at a fishing lake, and you know if you've got questions, we've got a our uh, our programmer who's over Sam Pryor, who is over our outdoor programs. He uh he lives and breathes outdoors, and and he is he does all of those types of outdoor classes for us. Well, you seem to have quite a lot of classes for the the kids, too. Fencing and gymnastics, karate and tennis. Tell us about how your youth sports work. Youth sports, uh, what we consider in the office when we start saying youth sports, that's baseball, softball, soccer, flag football and stuff. But the programs you were talking about there, karate, we consider those programs. So you just go on our website, find the, find the programs. You know, we're not in registration right now, so it would be um, at the moment it would, you'd go on a waiting list in case somebody dropped. But, you know, we have certified instructors, and, you know, we've got Master Norbert Woods, I think, is a seventh degree black belt um, for karate and you know it's a very good introductory class you know that we do for karate and you know he even moves up as people progress within their belts um, with some of them Um, so you just you just sign up online and then show up the day of well uh, you talked about some of the the kids uh, team sports but do you also have team sports for adults uh, we do. We we have we have two different types of team sports for adults. One are regular leagues that we run that adults expect. You know, we do adult flag football. Uh, we do 
adult softball, we do adult soccer, but what I did a couple of years ago when I came into this job is, you know, non-traditional sports and people who just want to get out and recreate, who just want to get out and have fun and take a little bit of the competitive edge out, you know, as much as we can. I mean, when I get out and play, I still want to win, but, you know, we want to get out and have some of those things. So we've, we've started this thing we call the Oxford Sport and Social Club, um, and we play non-traditional sports and stuff. So at the moment, we're playing adult dodgeball, you know. so I it's saw just some like of those play. photos of the dodgeball, and you can't tell me they weren't competitive. <laughs> well, you know, they want to win, but we don't keep scores. We don't have officials. We don't have umpires. Um, we run we run those classes. Everything with the sport and social club is done like that. If there's disagreements on a uh, – like we play uh, adult kickball, too, and it's just like what we played in second and third grade. You roll the ball, you kick it, and you run bases. And if we have a – you know, we have a dispute on the field between two teams – um, they get there and we do paper, rock, scissors, and whoever wins that wins the call. You know, so you know we're taking it to where it's just fun for for adults. And you know, as people play and they give up playing and stuff, I, I truly believe it's not so much the sports that they miss; it's the camaraderie and it's the fun that we have, just poking fun at friends and you know laugh at them because they can't run down the line or or, or and stuff like that. I, that's the kind of things that I miss. Um, from playing, and so that's what I wanted to create a, an atmosphere for folks just to get out and have a good time. One of our dodgeball teams now, they went to school here um, together back in the early 90s, and they live all over kind of northeast Mississippi and north central Mississippi, and what they ended up doing is they said, you know what, we never get together. They signed up for our dodgeball league, so they're coming down and playing and hanging out, you know, all together for the first time in 20 years or better, and um, just to have a just to have a little time together. Well, I've got a smile on my face just thinking about it. But, um, uh, you know, back to some of the kids' stuff, uh, uh, you do have quite a lot for the kids. And, uh, you know, coming up, spring break's coming up, and you all have got a camp for that? Absolutely. Uh, kids, you know, that's obviously our focus here. And we, and we love our kids that uh, come in and just play play all of our sports. We, and, and what we want to do is foster a love. We're, we're a love for the sports and stuff that they play. We're not asking them to make choices. Um, you know, if you play this sport, you can't play this other because it's going to run over in each other. We want to foster the love throughout of all the sports. And as they get older, if they decide that, you know, they don't like one sport as much as the other, that's obviously what they want to do. But, um, yeah, on our camps, though, here's what kind of the, our last person, Sam Pryor, did, used to do the camps. We, we, uh, we were able to add a staff member um, so we could create more programs and do more things for kids. Um, and so we hi- hired a lady named Felisa Bonner. Um, for the last 16 years, she has worked um, with special needs kids, um, and she has she played college basketball. And so we brought her in just to run, and we also give her our, our camp. So it's not just special needs uh, camps. It's for any children. And what we want to do, we run camps when school's out for more than three days at a time. So, you know, spring break camp will be here. Obviously, the next big camp will be two different summer camps and then you know we run them you know down in thanksgiving when kids are out monday tuesday and wednesday we'll run them those days too so any time that there's a extended amount of time that kids are out of school it's planned we will try to help parents out by giving them a place for their kids to go and I, and i think it's a bargain of a price it, it's most of our all of our um camps 
are at $15 a day for kids. Of course, you know that's 75 a week and all, but I think that's a pretty good deal that, that we're able to do for, for parents. Well, there's also, uh, I noticed, quite a lot of different facilities in the, the Oxford Parks Commission overseas. Uh, y'all have a skate park. We, we do have a skate park, and that comes back into what I was telling you earlier. Not everybody's a ball player. You know, not everybody's interested in hitting and throwing and, and catching. Um, but, you know, there's you know there's kids out at the skate park all the time, whether it's skateboarding or um, or, or, or skating, inline skating, or every once in a while you'll catch a guy on a bicycle um, down at down at our park doing. So, you know, it's it's we we pride ourselves on being able to offer many different things for you know our public here. Well, and just looking at the photos, hey, the swings and the slides aren't uh, aren't a slouch either. Y'all have got a lot of parks and playgrounds too, right? We do. We have seven to eight parks here, and every park that we have has a playground in it. Um, you know, or, or the one that uh, most of the community really considers the crown jewel is out at Avent Park, and it's a wooden park. I think they did some fundraising for it about 20 years ago, and it was put up in just a couple of days, and it's fantastic. It's it's. Uh, it, it's a it's a big shaded area at one of our at our at our biggest park um, that we have in the city and our newest our newest park which is Garden Terrace Park it's got the newest playground in it and it is a Biba concept it is a B it's B I B A and as a parent you can go out there with your child and your smartphone and if you want to interact with your child while they're playing there's little QR codes that you can scan. And it kind of keeps points up for your kids, so for your child. So, you know, they can play this game and they can earn points by being active on the playground. And so the more points you earn and the more rides you do, you can um, earn points and get, you know, a better car on the video game. Or you can, it, it just enhances your play when you are stuck to a tablet or something at that point. Oh, okay. That that just my kids are in their twenties, and that just went way over my head. But uh, you know, whatever you know gets the mama and or the grandparent out there with the kid to uh, to to allow them to to play that just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, so y'all also have a, a lot of facilities uh, that uh, that groups and and people can use. Is that right? Yeah, we do. We we have. Here in the Park Commission, we have the uh, we have 20 tennis courts at Stone Park. Uh, we have four tennis courts at Avent Park. We got we have our current activity center um, that we were talking about that had uh, all those uh, the basketball courts and gymnastics stuff in it. But we're also in the middle of constructing another um, activity center right beside it. It's going to be bigger, nicer, and have more amenities in it. Um, you know, for the public to come in and use, so we can basically double it, more than doubling our size, uh, to bring people in, and they'll be side by side, and um, people will enjoy them. And then our parks, you know, obviously we have um, pavilions at all of our parks that people can rent um, if they so choose to, or obviously if nobody has them rented, you know, they're free to anyone. 
Well, Seth, I think you should, uh, when we put this show online, you should uh, share it with all the other Parks and Rec directors in Mississippi and say, uh, nana, nana, boo-boo, uh, because I, I just can't imagine uh, uh, the quality of life that your citizens in Oxford's and Lafayette County have with these opportunities available. Just sounds terrific. Well, we're certainly blessed here, and, and, and you know, I certainly... Uh, spend a great deal of time talking to some of my cohorts around the state. And the, what I always try to tell them about Oxford is Oxford's a different town than, than anywhere else in the state because, you know, obviously we wouldn't be what we are with the, without the university here, and we're, we're proud to work with them and partner with them. But what we see is, as with our university, we have so many out-of-state people coming in with this university and with the professors here, and then, you know, some of our tech companies that are here with FNC, which is now CoreLogic, and NextGear, Winchester, and everybody that's coming in, it's not all... It's, it's like nobody in Oxford's from Oxford anymore. We do still have the obviously the families who have always been here, but the growth in Oxford just comes from everybody coming in, and we can't we can't just be happy with throwing out a few things and say, hey, let's go recreate. We have to actually go and look and try to find. Um, more programs to add because just because there's a say there's professors that come into the university and they grew up in the northeast and the northeast has lacrosse everywhere well they just expect us to offer the same thing that their park and rec did offer living in the northeast and you know mississippi really does not have lacrosse but we're always looking for ways to increase sports and um, you know, hockey's unfortunately out of the equation with nowhere to put ice and stuff. But, you know, we're always looking for, for more programs to get involved and in offering to our public. Well, Seth, uh, for the, the lucky people who do live in the area, how can they get more information? What's your website and your Facebook page? All right, Facebook page is just Oxford Park Commission. Add Oxford Park Commission. Uh, you should be able to find it there. And the same thing with our website. You do have to spell it all out, OxfordParkCommission.com. Um, go through it, and it's a, the website is fantastic. Our, uh, our registration software within our website is fantastic. You, if you go in, log in for an account, and you put your key kids' names in it um, and stuff, it will tell you right then what all programs are open for registration for you right at that moment. Um, so anytime you go and check our website, you, you can tell um, what's available for, for which kid and, and the cost and all. It's just a simple login. Well, Seth Gaines, Executive Director for the Oxford Parks Commission, thank you for being a guest on MPB Season Pass. Oh, thank you very much, Liz. Interesting stuff right there, uh, and had, needing to have lacrosse. Uh, interesting. And I've I've looked to try to bring lacrosse to the people of Mississippi to let them know about the sport, but it is not in the state of Mississippi. I don't believe so, and neither is field hockey. Field hockey. What's the difference between field hockey and lacrosse? Do you know? Did I set you up right there? Um, I think uh, lacrosse is all. Um, Sticks with baskets. Uh, who, who's my Clemson, uh, uh, Cleveland Brown guy? Jim Brown played lacrosse. It's a stick with a basket at the top. But field hockey is more just like hockey. It's a puck or a ball on the grass, and you use hockey sticks. Okay. Okay, interesting. Uh, so uh, I know Bill Saps used to have lacrosse. 
uh, Millsaps College uh, here in Jackson, used to have lacrosse. Let's see if they still have that that uh, team. So interesting stuff going on, including uh, the Bassmasters Open Series Tournament. We talked about this a lot of last week's program, uh, including speaking with uh, di- the director of the uh, tournament and the series. I feel bad that they, you know, if they could have had it yesterday, but no, it had to start today when the rain started. Yeah, well, it's basically been raining for about, it seems like four straight months, so... The odds were against them. Uh, the tournament includes um, uh, anglers competing to earn their way into the Bassmaster Classic and Elite Series. And, um, again, we had uh, a couple of people on our show from last week, so if you want to look that up on uh, our uh, our site, mpbonline.org forward slash season pass. And I haven't pulled up the Bassmaster website, but he talked about having cameras on the boats yeah. so you can real-time watch people. People fish now, that's online. Cool. That's now. I mean, that's cool. I mean, I understand. You know, <laughs> there's something to that, I guess, maybe. But um, it's if if you don't want to wait, you know, for like a tournament recap where they uh, where they edit all of the big catches together, and you actually want to see a guy work. If you're interested in being a tournament type angler, you can watch a guy do his do his work, do My- his business out there, and see and look because some of the most important time is is how you're killing your downtime, My so to speak. Only experience with bass tournaments is uh, there's a big reservoir lake where I grew up, and they'd have tournaments. And I think one time we happened to be out on a boat on the lake when the tournament started, and you've got like. 50, 75 boats speeding out at you. It's a, a yeah. sight to behold. It's, uh, they have some, uh, there are some spectator uh, parts of the tournament that are uh, fun and interesting. Uh, the, they have takeoffs from Madison Landing in Ridgeland for the tournament. Uh, they already, they've already taken off this morning. They will, they will take off tomorrow morning and Saturday morning from Madison Landing in Ridgeland uh, at 6.15 a.m. And they also have weigh-ins today, tomorrow, and Saturday at 2.15 p.m. But the, the, the big event, or I should say uh, today and tomorrow at 2.15, the big finale is the final weigh-in, which is Saturday at 2.15 uh, p.m. But that will be at the Bass Pro Shop uh, store in Pearl, across from Trustmark Park, where the Mississippi Braves play. So that'll be the big one. That's where the tournament will uh, end, essentially, and a champion will be crowned in the big weigh-in and the whole nine yards. And it's it's built to be a spectator event uh, there, especially, and you get to have the, all the Bass Pro stuff around as well. The Legal Beagle 5K Walk and Run is uh, going to be going on um, Saturday, March the 10th, from 7 to 11 a.m. Uh, at the Regions Bank in Jacksonian Plaza off Old Kent Road in Jackson. Registration for that event will take place at uh, Regions Bank at 7 a.m. with the walk run starting at 8.15. Awards will be given in various categories for male and female participants. And proceeds will go toward the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project of the Mississippi Bar Association. So, uh, interesting uh, stuff right there. Uh, So, fun show today. A lot of different guests we had in. And um, our thanks to Seth Gaines with Oxford Parks for coming in. Andrea Patterson from the Mississippi Sports Hall of 
of Fame, and also Brian Ware from uh, the Mississippi Mako swim team for coming in. For Liz, I am Jay. Thank you so much for listening again to MPB Season Pass. If you want to catch a replay of this show, you can subscribe to our podcast or listen to audio on demand of any of our episodes, mpbonline.org forward slash season pass. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart is next on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.